Western Australia Our spirits in the land We help each other All the time This is Julie Matheson from the Western Australia Party and you are listening to podcast recordings for the WA state election 2021. In this interview, I speak with Peter Kennedy, WA's most respected political commentator, and ask, have the minor parties on the crossbenches in Parliament done enough to win seats in the Legislative Council to keep checks and balances in place for for another year and possibly four years of a dominant Labor government? Welcome, Peter. Hello, Julie. Thanks very much for inviting me in. It's great to have you at our launch uh, of the West Australia Party's podcast service for the WA state election. And so, Peter, before we get started, what have you been doing in terms of holidays during COVID-19? Holidays have been very curtailed during 2020, Julie. Uh, I uh, had planned to visit my daughter's family. Uh, They live in Brisbane and I try and get over there once or twice a year. Uh, they're a growing family, but uh, didn't happen in 2020. Fingers crossed, hopefully it'll happen in 2021. Uh, but we have travelled a little bit around the state. Uh, I visited Beverly, uh, for instance, uh, but sadly it was for a funeral by invitation, as mm, has been the uh, yes. case during 2020. Yes. And we also spent a bit of time at Falcon uh, near the beach, uh, where one of our neighbours is the former, uh, one of our near neighbours, the former Labor member and uh, hockey player, uh, Rick Charlesworth. So uh, have an interesting time chatting to him. Yes, yes. Uh, he certainly is a legend in Western Australia for hockey. Um, so you've been, uh, there's been a few stories about the election so far. So what are the key issues for 2021? Look, I think uh, the key issue that could affect votes is how the COVID-19 issue has been handled. Uh, And so the government uh, has been watched very, very carefully on that. Uh, And at the moment it's getting a tick, uh, which of course is very important for them uh, and very important for us. Uh, But they're the bread and butter issues. Uh, There's health, the hospitals and ambulance ramping, education always, uh, and uh, police, law and order. That's uh, always uh, an issue. And also... uh, Climate change, you know, is the government doing enough? Are we doing enough in the climate change area? Uh, and uh, and also homelessness has emerged as an issue. So they're, they're sort of bread and butter basic issues. Uh, the other, uh, another thing that can't be forgotten, government taxes and charges, and they've got to keep them, they've got to keep a tight rein on them because uh, families, most families, under enormous pressure. Mm, they are, even though a lot of families have, been had support from a job keeper or maybe uh, uh, the other you know types of allowances, but uh, that they're they're going to change in March. So, well, so the what's, fed- what's going to happen? Well, the federal government has been quite generous. Uh, mm. In fact, extraordinarily generous. Yes. Uh, some people might say too generous. However, uh, as you infer, uh, all good things come to an end, and it's got to uh, work out how to curtail the assistance, job keeper, job seeker, that sort of thing over the coming months. It'll be a sensitive issue uh, and they'll have to make some tough decisions. They won't make friends doing it, but uh, I guess uh, that's the school of politics. How do you handle these sorts of things? 
Yes, and that's certainly the skill for small parties to to be able to to walk both sides of the spectrum um, and support both Liberal and Labor values and find ways of finding the best policy for Western Australia. Well, I think this is the advantage of small parties, Julie. Uh, They're not uh, in the main bound ideologically, uh, but uh, you've got to see what's in the best interests of the majority of voters. Uh, or where uh, minorities are being overlooked, sort of put their case. Uh, so uh, that, that's, uh, that is a role for, uh, for small parties and, uh, and I think they can be most effective. Yes, I agree with you. And hence why we started the West Australia Party back in 2016, so that we could make a case for some of those issues that were not being spoken about by the major parties. And what a great move, because uh, both the major parties, Liberal and Labor, uh, up to that stage have been very strongly uh, effect, uh, affected by uh, those in the East. Uh, and uh, a lot of the policies that major parties, the major parties have adopted, uh, some of them weren't in the best interests of our state. Uh, and uh, WA had to stand up uh, for, for them. And uh, in the main, uh, our leaders have stood up. But sometimes it's the smaller parties that prod them. Yes, and we're very proud of that because some of our policies have been adopted by the Labor Party uh, when they formed government in 2017 and we're very proud of that and uh, we'll keep challenging them. And that's the advantage of of minor parties. When you come up with good policies, uh, you you don't want the major parties to pinch them uh, and sometimes they do because they see the merit in them. Mm. And I guess in, in one sense you've been effective in that score. I yes. mean, you'd like to get the full full advantage of it, the full the recognition of it, but if major parties pinch your policies, as, as they, some of them do and will continue to do, then uh, I guess to some extent uh, you, you must get some satisfaction. Mm. Very satisfied actually with, with the results of um, some of our policies that, that the uh, government have, have adopted. So the weekend uh, opinion poll suggests another landslide victory to the Labor Party. What would that mean for WA politics? Well, great if you're a Labor supporter and and disaster if you're a Liberal supporter. However, for WA politics, uh, well, I mean, that's that's democracy and the people uh, sort of will have spoken if they vote uh, that way in a couple of weeks' time. But, look, all governments need to be uh, watched by uh, energetic oppositions and well-resourced oppositions. So... uh, the best governments, in my experience, are where the uh, government side and the opposition side are fairly evenly matched. And when it's one-sided, you know, governments can get sloppy, uh, and, and that's a risk. And, and I'm not saying the government's been sloppy over the past four years, but uh, if, if this happens uh, again, second time round, then there might be. There might be a tendency to get, to get sloppy. Um, the leaders have to provide enormous discipline to prevent that happening, but uh, that's always a risk. Yes, and I think if, if the electors are out there listening to uh, the choices, there's quite a number of parties this time. There's 19 parties uh, on the ballot paper in some instances. I think, you know, some of these parties are pop-up parties. Uh, they've popped up for a reason. Hopefully that the reason is is uh, is a good reason for Western Australia. And hopefully that their politics is not affected by ideologies from the eastern states. But it's really important, I think, that, that voters do look around on the ballot paper, especially in the upper house, to see the choices that are available. Oh, well, of course, of mm. course. <clears throat> and, um, and, and I think, I think uh, the, the better informed voters are, the, the better vote that uh, we will get 
uh, on on the day or during during the election. So, I mean, uh, Julie, I just think there are too many parties, and you made you, you know, pop up parties. Uh, I think uh, I think that there are pop up parties, uh, and uh, if you had sort of the major parties and uh, three or four or five minor parties, fair enough. But uh, I think uh, some of them do pop up just to cause a nuisance, to cause a diversion, or uh, because the way you can vote in the upper house these days with the organised ballot papers and preference swaps, you, you can do that. And and most voters wouldn't have a clue. Uh, they might put one, number one, number two, <clears throat> wouldn't have a clue what happens to their preferences after that. So uh, I think, number one, there are too many parties, and number two, uh, in the next parliament anyway... Uh, attention must be given to uh, reforming the election system for the upper house. It doesn't mean radical change, but uh, perhaps uh, something in line with the Senate changes that happened a few years ago uh, and to, uh, to give voters more control over the way their votes and preferences go. Mm. Yes, I think probably that's that's true. Why we've got so many 19 political parties in this election is because of that how to vote card in the upper house. And not, yeah, not only that... At the Senate election, I think we had uh, a big number of candidates last time round for WA, might have been 50 or 60, but in the six upper house regions for this election, there's 50 or 60 candidates in every region. Ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's very difficult for the for the elector. So um, moving on to our the state's finances... So WA is the envy of the Commonwealth this year with its budget surplus. And from all of this comes from the iron ore royalties. Uh, and we thank uh, uh, the Pilbara for, for their contribution to that. And the wins over Bell Resources and Clive Palmer have been significant uh, for, for the Premier. What should, should WA do to capitalise on this year's windfalls? Well, the important thing, as you infer, the important thing is that we don't blow it. Yes. And uh, it's got to be spent in areas uh, that uh, can produce a return. Well, number one, ease the burden for uh, a lot of West Australians, number one. But number two, with infrastructure spending, for instance, it's got to be spent wisely uh, and it's got to be spent in areas where the state can expect a return over uh, a big number of years. And I'm, I'm thinking of you know, things, efficient transport, uh, a port efficiency um, and uh, better roads, things like that, and better rail. Uh, yes. So uh, and, and so better infrastructure. Look, I think we've got a. I think we've we've got a pretty good infrastructure in our state compared to some of the other states. We've we've been lucky thanks to that uh, little iron ore boost that we've had from time to time and a big one now. But uh, the important thing is it not be squandered. It be spent wisely and uh, it be for the long term benefit of West Australians. Yes, absolutely. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And the, and the point is, I guess, mm. the iron ore price won't stay high forever. No, it won't. It's been down as low as uh, $60 a tonne. It, it won't stay this high forever. And some uncertainty as to our major customer too. Mm. So, uh, you, I mean, you've got to... Times are good at the moment. The important thing is not to squander it. I agree. I agree. And, uh, Peter... Today is, a, is an interesting day with the rollout of vaccinations in Western Australia. Uh, what we notice about vaccinations is 
um, that they've revolutionised global health and arguably the single most life-saving innovation in the world, in the history of medicine. So vaccines have eradicated smallpox, slashed child mortality rates, prevented lifelong disabilities. Do you think the government has done enough to explain our medical system or have they taken it for granted? Well, the, perhaps we have taken it for granted and perhaps, uh, perhaps our government has taken it for granted uh, uh, that uh, haven't been sort of stressing the sort of advantages and results that you've just indicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and look, some of us have had, uh, some of us have had experience with, uh, with vaccines and vaccination. Um, you know, I, I remember as a youngster in Darwin being vaccinated for smallpox, a uh, seven-year-old I was, and we all, and the whole family lined up to be vaccinated on the Air Force Station. They didn't ask you if you'd like to be vaccinated. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, and we, were, we weren't very uh, well a day or two after that. But after that's fine. So, you know, there's a little bit of discomfort. Poliomyelitis, we all experienced uh, the Salk vaccine, uh, and, uh, which really put paid to polio. I mean, I remember a polio epidemic in Perth in 1954. We coincided wow. with the royal tour, but thanks to the vaccine, that was the last one we had. Fantastic! So, look, these are, these are very important uh, developments, and, and uh, the I know, I know the, the, there's an anti-vaccination party which is fielding candidates in the election. Uh, I'm flabbergasted by the uh, opposition to vaccination. Uh, there might have been one or two um, poor results. But overall, for the community, uh, the advantages are obvious. And, mm. and I think the government should, uh, and others should put pressure on the, uh, on the issue to ensure as many people get vaccinated as possible because that's what makes the whole thing effective. I agree. And I was a former nurse uh, back oh, well. a long time ago, Peter, and back in Port Hedland. And I remember working on the children's ward and watching this beautiful Aboriginal baby dying of whooping cough. Now, whooping cough is, uh, has a vaccination and it's, it's a terrible, terrible disease uh, and I never want to see children suffering from these treatable, preventable diseases. I just, I just don't want to see that. It, it really breaks my heart when, when people are, you know, find themselves unable to be vaccinated and then get struck down by whooping cough, for example, for example, so... Mm, and I can remember mm. my mother telling me about uh, whooping cough and, mm. uh, you know, the, the sort of uh, difficulties and uh, worry about it. But mm. the, the other thing I didn't realise was the, was the great uh, pandemic in 1919, which uh, sort of killed hundreds of thousands of people. I, I mean, I'd never heard of that no. but, uh, until, re- until last year. Yes. So obviously the, these, uh, the, the vaccines, whatever, uh, they're magical. The people that uh, invent them are uh, extraordinarily, you know, talented and we should take full advantage of them. Mm, I agree. So, uh, Peter, with this ni- the 19 political parties contesting this election, some claim Labor will control both houses of Parliament. Uh, have the crossbenchers done enough um, in Parliament to convince the, le- the electorate to vote for minor parties like the Western Australia Party for the Legislative Council? You can never do enough, Julie. You can never you can never rest on your uh, laurels. So uh, it's something that you've got to keep pushing. Look, I think uh, in some areas uh, the, the smaller parties have made their mark, that, uh, but it's very hard to sort of get that out into the wider community uh, and get recognition for it. Uh, but I think... Uh, 
the, the major parties, sometimes the major parties get locked into a position, uh, you know, might I say vested interests uh, that, or their, their major backers, or they, they, have, a common, they have a common interest. Uh, and, and as a result of having a common interest, issues that perhaps should be uh, aired don't get aired. And uh, it's, that's where a minor party representative that's not affected by these vested interests can sort of, can sort of prick them and, and mm. prick their conscience. Yes. And, and I think that is the value of, of minor parties that uh, sort, of, sort of come through very quietly and can just sort of represent important areas of the community where the major parties sort of prefer to sort of stay quiet on them. And mm. so uh, there is a role for minor parties. They've popped up in uh, some areas during the past term, uh, but probably they could do a bit more. Yes, always do more. And the West Australia Party has been active in the Legislative Council. Uh, Charles Smith has uh, represented the Western Australia Party and he voted for the manslaughter bill so that um, workers can go to work, feel safe and return home to their families. And there was that legislation. And also he tried to introduce third party appeal rights into the parliament to help um, all of the communities have a say on the development that goes on in their communities. But unfortunately, the major parties will not support third-party appeal rights in Western Australia. They'll support a swimming pool in our capital city because every other capital city has a swimming pool, but they won't support third-party appeal rights when all the other states have have this um, important piece of legislation. Well, look, uh, very important for, for Charles Smith and, and, you know, for you to have a voice in the in the upper house. That's very important. And with regard to, to manslaughter, the, the industrial manslaughter, uh, the, the, uh, it, the message has to get home to, uh, and I know unions are very uh, big on this, uh, and most employers acknowledge it, but the message has to get home uh, that industrial safety is paramount. Yes. I remember when I was industri- an industrial reporter, strikes in Western Australia were illegal, but the Industrial Commission would turn a blind eye to strikes on safety issues. Yes. They'd say, all right, you know, that's the only strike, yes. <laughs> the only legitimate <laughs> strikes. No, they turned a blind eye. Yes. Because yep. they could see hmm. if, if there was a genuine safety issue, they could see a hmm. stand had to be taken. Yes. And uh, that's where your party, mm. the West Australia Party, mm. made its mark. Yeah, it's it's been a very strong uh, campaign for us, is uh, jobs for Western Australians. We want permanent jobs too, and uh, not just the gig economy jobs. We want permanent jobs so that people can get a mortgage and buy a home or pay their mortgage off with security, knowing that they've got a job in the long term. Very important because that mm. that is what banks look for or yes. the lenders look for yes. when they're going to, uh, when someone wants to borrow, mm. how secure are you in your employment? Mm. Yeah, and, and, and that. Uh, something that needs to be stressed. Yes, most most certainly. Peter, in finishing, is there any other issues that we haven't covered today that, that strikes um, you that's worth your, the listeners thinking about? Well, look, uh, I, I think uh, you've got to have, as far as our future is concerned, you've got to have a, an economy that's sound uh, and, and fortunately we do have uh, things going for us at the moment, but when the if when and if the iron ore price slumps, then we've got to fall back on other things to to keep things uh, keep the economy ticking over, keep employment ticking over. So uh, you have to diversify the economy uh, and uh, look for alternative areas where people can be employed, 
where we can make things or provide services, you know, tourism, all those, uh, and manufacturing, if you can get that going, very important. But, you know, you can never, you can never be complacent, Julie. You, no one can ever be complacent. Things are good in Western Australia at the moment, but you've got to plan for 10 years on, 20 years on, and you've got to look parties with the vision. What have they got for Western Australia? I mean, Charlie Court years ago had vision for the iron ore industry, and, and what a su great success that's been. Uh, the oil and gas industry, they were his passions. Mm, and, you know, yes. the, you look back on 40 years ago and said, well, how right was he? Yes. So we look for our leaders to provide that vision right now. Yes. And, Peter, I just rem just reminded me because I'm holding, up, holding a book, Your Tales from Boomtown, and in your book you said the standout premiers were Sir Charles Court and Brian Burke for diverging reasons. Is there an update on the standout premiers for WA? Well, look, there is, Julie, and, and uh, the more I've thought about it, the more I've thought that um, Richard Court and Jeff Gallup Mm -hmm. uh, were, so yes. I, I grouped them together, Richard Court and Jeff Gallup. I think they were both uh, smart, good premiers. You know, the more time goes on, I think, yeah, well, uh, and achieved quite a lot. You think, look at the things around the city uh, and you think, oh, you know, you think of the desalination plant down there, very important. You think of the Northbridge Tunnel, very important. Those sort of lasting things uh, that uh, those premiers uh, initiated. Uh, so I put them on a par, uh, Jeff Gallup and Richard Court. Uh, as, as uh, you know, very high up there. Uh, and, I mean, you've got to comment on Mark McGowan at the moment, extraordinary approval ratings. Uh, the question is, how long can they be maintained? Well, he's maintained them for uh, quite some time. So uh, you, you, Mark McGowan, extraordinary, 80-plus <laughs> percent approval rating. So uh, I know it's, he, he's just coming to the end of his first term and he'll be judged by his uh, whole time as Premier, however long it might be. But certainly he's making a big bid to be in the front row. He certainly is. Well, Peter, thank you so much for being with us today. We really, really appreciate um, your commentary is available on lots of different media and and now on podcast uh, with us today. I thank you so much for your time and your insights. It's been a pleasure talking with you today. Thanks very much, Julie, and, and good luck to you and your party in the campaign. Thank you, Peter. So thank you to all the listeners. Uh, please go to our website, thewestaustraliaparty.org.au, for more policy and candidate information and check your podcast app for our Meet the Candidates from the West Australia Party. This interview has been conducted by me, Julie Matheson, the convener. Thank you. Western Australia, our spirits in the land, we help each other. best future for our children's lives. Every day the sun sits beneath the western skies.